The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Tell me. Break it down. Welcome to the revolution. You want to hear it? You wanted it. Give it to me. We delivered it. You guys sound tight. Booyah! Addiction with analysis, insight, and expertise. <laughs> Let's go! Let the revolution with Jim and Trav begin. Here we go. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Good day! <laughs> we are going across the pond. You shut your mouth, you <laughs> All right, so we are going all out on today's show, and we are going uh, across the fun. We're going to Great Britain to talk to Mike Robinson. Yeah, we actually just took a call. First time ever, we put on a British guy on hold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting and listening to his talk right now. Hello, dear. Guess who it is? Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be joined in just a second with who? Mike Robinson, and he is the host of Wild Game Masterclass with Mike Robinson. He walks through butchering, uh, harvesting the animal, butchering it, and then making these exquisite meals out of everything from uh, bone marrow to rabbit, fallow deer, you name it, he does it all. Hang a pheasant in the garage. Yeah, until the head falls off. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, then we're going to be joined by Matt Drury. Yeah, and of course, he has a program called Winchester and Drury's Natural Born. Yeah, going to be wrapping up his uh, seasons, a look forward, uh, some new hunting ground he recently got. Then we're going to finalize things with uh, Scott Newby. Scott Newby, he is the... Uh, He's the ATV and side-by-side senior communication specialist list for Yamaha Motor Corporation. Going to be a great show. Yeah, he's going to talk about the Yamaha Turkey Bass Smash. Got to do like some a drink. Yeah, it does sound like a drink. You probably have to be like 25 or something to drink it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Anyways, uh, let's get to... Uh, how about Mike Robinson? Okay, are you going to actually be a part of this? <laughs> yes, Mike <laughs> Robinson. So. <laughs> let's get to him. This week, we're going all out. Wait, what? Now, let's kick off a two-parter with Mike Robinson, host of Wild Game Masterclass with Mike Robinson on Outdoor Channel, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. I'm ready. All right, so joining us is... Mike Robinson. Mike Robinson. If you want to learn how to spell and make asabuco, I think that's how you say it. This man can do it! He is the only man that Bobby Flay calls sir. That's right. Really? Mr. Mike, how's it going, buddy? It's going very well, thank you. Yeah, now, now where is your restaurant located in England? I've got uh, one in London. I've got one opposite William Shakespeare's house in Stratford-upon-Avon. And I've got in the middle of the country, and I've got one in the beautiful city of Bath in the west of the country, and another one in the beautiful Roman town of Chester in the north of the country. Holy smokes. Now, going back to uh, Wild Game Masterclass, it's kind mm. of a cooking along with style approach. I, I equate, you're like the Bob Ross, if you know who that is, of the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, what you make is so <laughs> exquisite, and but the neat part is, Literally during your show, you're teaching people how to make an entire meal. Like, here's the main course and side dishes from butchering, you yeah. know, hunting, butchering to you know, on the table. You guys do everything. Yeah. And look, it's very reflective of how we live here. Um, we are very lucky in this country that 
all the animals we harvest from the wild are allowed to go into public food chains. So I can cook them in my restaurant. So I, I have in England a business called Deerbox. So I have a 5,000 square foot deer processing factory we built, and we got six employees, and we manage, we oversee and manage about 40,000 acres of private land. Wow. And we harvest, you know, a couple of thousand wild deer a year, and they all go into my restaurants, other people's restaurants, and direct to the public in a box scheme so they can they can enjoy this resort. Holy cow. Um, now, you know, you, you talked about jackrabbit. I love small game hunting. And, you know, we mm. eat a lot of cottontails in my house. It, it's such a fabulous mm. meat. You made, though, uh, an awesome dish with rabbit. It was like schnitzel stuffed with roasted rabbit saddle, oh, yeah. confit sticky shoulders. Yeah. I mean, that was like such an exquisite meal out of rabbit. It's like, holy cow. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't forget, I always say to people, you know, in the Second World War, when Britain was rationed. Yeah. And I mean rationed. And this is something that it's hard for you guys because you have a very, you've got a lot of abundant food in the U.S. It's hard to think that, imagine your whole country being told you're allowed to eat two ounces of meat a week each. Oh, for wow. Six years. We were probably the healthiest we've ever been in this country. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, so actually the humble rabbit saved a lot of people in the, in wartime because there were so many of them, they were easy to harvest and I mean, the rabbits came to Britain from Ro the Romans brought the rabbits, same as the fallow did, because mm. they like to eat them. Holy smokes. Wow. Now, now you uh, you know, talking about small game, but also England is known for driven pheasant hunts. Do you cook a lot oh, of yeah? pheasant or grouse? Absolutely. I mean, five months a year, it, that's the main use of the countryside. There's people are shooting. Um, I mean, people are shooting nonstop. And when we say shooting, we mean shotguns and birds. Mm -hmm. Um so the way we refer to things in Britain is when we say shooting, we mean shotguns and birds. When we say hunting, it refers to people charging around on the back of horses chasing foxes. Oh, and wow. when we And when we say stalking, it's deer. Oh. So we don't hunt deer, we stalk deer in the UK. Wow. You know, we had a conservation officer on a gal last week. We should have told her we're stalking. Mm. Yeah, we're stalking, <laughs> but I think she would have thought we were stalking her. That's it. Um, <laughs> now, when it comes to game birds, you know, I think one of the, the hardest things when you eat someone's food, um, especially a game bird, it's always dry. What is one of your best techniques to keep that bird moist and juicy? Well, it, what, we did it actually in one of the early early episodes of Wild Game Masterclass, maybe episode two, and that was we. It, it, there is one technique that kills them all, and that's poached and roast. Oh yeah. So you poach the bird in chicken stock, in salty chicken stock, so it's like a chickeny brine, uh -huh. and you poach it in that at a very low temperature, not boiling, but you know below boiling. And you let's say you're doing a hen pheasant. I mean, uh, you know, female animals always eat better than males on the whole. Which yeah. is why that's, you know, we, most of the deer that we process are female because there's a massive imbalance in population of the UK, females to males. So, but it's likewise with birds, you know, the female pheasant is generally a better eating bird. So what we tend to poach and roast the females and we tend to stew and braise the roosters, the cock birds. Uh, but yeah, you poach it for 15 minutes in simmering low, low temperature chicken stock with some celery leaves and parsley and things in it. And then you pat it dry and sear it in a pan with foaming butter and garlic and seasoning. And then you roast it for another 15 minutes in a medium oven and rest it. And what will happen is it'll be ever so slightly pink, but it'll be completely cooked and it'll be steaming with juice. 
because it was poached before it was roasted. Mm, wow, that sounds wonderful. Now, one of the things that, that I have heard, I have not seen it, I have not tasted it, but we know that uh, that we like to season, let our, our deer hang or beef or whatever it may be. But I have heard that you folks hang pheasants and ducks. Absolutely. Um, but not for very long. That's quite an old-fashioned thing. It, look, we're quite scientific about all of it. it. It comes down to temperature control. So we're very, very, very precise on record-keeping and temperatures with all our game. So the reason you hang any animal is not to put flavor into it. As far as I'm concerned, the animal tastes nice anyway. Mm-hmm. It is to allow the muscle fibers to relax, essentially. Now, so it goes to that rigor mortis stage, and then it starts to... Loose, relax. Relax and loosen back up. Is that correct? Is that how I'm understanding it? Yes, you're absolutely right. Rigor mortis lasts up to 24 hours, and then after that, it relaxes again. <laughs> but what really matters with deer is, is when you um, shoot a deer, is bleeding it and gutting it instantly if you can. You know, rather than putting it in your truck, but it's guts in and taking it for an hour back to wherever you're going to deal with it, yeah. every minute is a countdown. Every minute, the quality will get worse, the eating quality. So, I always recommend to everyone, bleed and gut your deer as soon as you can. You know, if you've shot it and you know it's dead, do it straight away. Yeah. And it, it makes, and then hang that deer up. If, if you're going to wait two hours before you extract it, don't leave it lying on the ground. Put a stick behind its back legs and hang it from another stick if you can and let it stretch because that's that key moment from when it goes from warm to cold is when you've got the opportunity to stretch the muscle fibers out and produce a wonderful carcass. Yeah. You bet. Hey, Mike, we've got to take a break. Can you stick around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. Hey, we're talking with Mike Robinson. He is the host of Wild Game Masterclass with Mike Robinson on Outdoor Channel Mondays at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Yeah, you can also, like, hop on My Outdoor TV and check out Farming the Wild. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Now, Mr. Mike, to learn more about you, your four incredible restaurants, Wild Game Masterclass, Farming the Wild, where can we find you online, buddy? So uh, my Instagram is Game Meet Mike. Everything else is FarmingTheWild.com. Cool. Hey, more Mike Robinson right after this. Damn it. You are handsome. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so bored. Yeah, me too. Hey, you want to have a steering contest? Um, sure. <laughs> Need something better to do? How about check out JimandTrav.com? Everything to do with the outdoors is one click away. JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The revolution with Jim and Trav will continue right after these messages. No steroids. I'm good. No hormones. This is going to be amazing. No grocery stores. You with me? No. <laughs> the freshest game on earth, cooked to perfection. It's delicious. Imagine that you just season the fish in a way where it looks like it would taste really good. It's wild food heaven. The hunt stops with a masterpiece on your table. Oh, I'm so pumped about this. Taste of the Wild, Mondays beginning at 7 on Outdoor Channel. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand in hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snack and sticks, buckboard bacon, finishing sauces, rubs and shakers, marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. 
The Revolution with Jim and Travis back and going all out. Now let's rejoin Mike Robinson, host of Wild Game Masterclass with Mike Robinson on Outdoor Channel, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. Here's part two. Hey, we're back. We're talking going all out on this week's show. And, of course, our first guest is Mike Robinson. Now, tell us about, um, how do you say, asabuco when you're working with bone marrow? Um, yeah. It's, I, I love watching you cook and what you do, and I think, my God, I could never do this. Um, it, you could. That's something you got. <laughs> yeah, I probably could. I'm just not smart or talented or handsome like you. Um, now, when you're working with bone marrow, is there anything we need to do, any steps we need to take? Is there something we look for? I don't know anything about it, really. It's a bit of a magical substance, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I have a. I think as you get more and more into cooking things, you appreciate the bones as much as the meat. I think often, um, you know, in, in Britain, because I, I'm in the business of trying to make crab profitable restaurants, I really think about how I can use every part of an animal. And that, and that really includes its bones. So whenever possible, we cook meat on the bone. Um, a, it's cool. B, it looks great yeah. from a presentation point of view. C, it kind of holds the meat in place while it's cooked. It stops it from getting dry. You know, so Osabuco, that, that, that recipe is one of the, the, the nicest ones. It's one of my favorite dishes to cook, especially with venison shanks. But the secret to cutting it cleanly is to freeze them, and then uh, if you've got a bandsaw for wood in your in your garage, then just put a fresh blade on it and saw them frozen, just like a lump of wood. Mm. You know, if not, then you defrost them ever slightly and then cut them with a handsaw. But you know, the, the key to that is that you're retaining in those inch round lumps of meat, with the bone in the middle. You've got that inch of bone marrow. So when it's simmering away in that gorgeous sauce of tomato or tomato sorry um uh, uh tomato i'll say it my way um and you know oozing with garlic and olive oil and white wine and stuff like that the essence of the deer is in its bones and that sort of essence seeps into the the the, the sauce and the juice and just makes it rich and amazing, and it's really good for you. Yeah. Now you have a dish, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I don't think I can. But you make something for this dish. It's called a glaze. It's a mix of chicken, beef, and venison bones, roasted and reduced. It's a finish. It's a finishing sauce, isn't it? Yeah. So it's really. I mean, what I always say to people domestically when they watch this, it, we make this stuff, and it takes a long time. It takes days. Yeah. It's, it's really simple. You just roast a load of marrowy bones, right? Both venison and veal and beef or whatever, leg bones, sawed into chunks. Roast them till they're dark brown in color and then throw them in a massive vat of water and simmer it for two to 48 hours, you know, and skim it. And then skim the fat off, get rid of the bones, and then it's just reduction. Hmm. Wow. Well, now, now the thing is, you know, I've eaten bone marrow from, from uh, beef. Uh, is yeah. there any bone marrow that you say you probably shouldn't try? Maybe sheep? Is sheep bone marrow good? Uh, yeah, beef bone marrow rocks. I love it. But, you know, deer, the bigger deer species have bone marrow in them as well. Like, you know, moose have amazing bone marrow. Elk have bone marrow. It's, there's not huge amounts of it, but it's still darn tasty, you know? Holy cow. Would you say over there in your part of the country, 
Is it more common to eat wild game versus domesticated, like, you know, whether it be sheep, goat, beef, or is it kind of 50-50? No, it's, um, you know, I'm constantly trying to get more and more members of the general public to eat it, particularly venison, Mm -hmm. because it's so good for them, you know, and it's so environmentally sound and it's so sustainable because, you know, we've got a massive biological surplus of deer in this country. We really need to reduce their numbers. And we're allowed to sell them to the public. So it's just a win-win situation. But no, they're getting there. I mean, any good restaurant in Britain now will have wild venison on their menu. I mm-hmm. mean, it's very popular in restaurants. I'm trying to get more people to cook it at home, you know, buy it and cook it at home. And, and that's starting to work. But uh, it's a constant process. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really cool. Kind of changing subjects for a second. Once again, hanging out with uh, Mike Robinson, host of Wild Game Masterclass with Mike Robinson. All new show, Outdoor Channel, Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Just your culture, your food, the terrain. Everything is so cool over there. But you're like the only guy I know that owns a tank. Do you own a tank? <laughs> I own six of them, actually. <laughs> you own six of them? Holy smokes. How, yeah. how does one come about owning a tank? Do, are they just for sale? Well, it, it, it's a very British thing. <laughs> you, when your army wants to get rid of dangerous armored vehicles, you know, it doesn't want it doesn't want to sell them to foreign countries and just anybody. So yeah. you tend to make, you know, you, take, you, you either recycle them or make them into reefs offshore. <laughs> we just sell them to anyone. So... <laughs> So I literally go on a government auction and I just bid on it. And, uh, and, and quite often they're in pretty rough shape. And then I have a lot of fun uh, doing them up. And, but, yeah, I mean, I've got four track ones and two wheeled ones uh, wow. from dating from the 1950s to the 1970s. And they're great. And they're, they're all legal to drive on the road in Britain. So I can drive my track tank with a live... 76 millimeter gun on the road to the pub for lunch, you know, which I do. That's just in case the Germans attack again. <laughs> oh my God, that is so crazy. You said, I mean, you're like this amazing fam- Mike. fancy chef in these, uh, you know, Michelin rated you know, restaurants and he drives the tank. That, that's a real man right there. I'll tell you what. Uh- <laughs> they are, they are really good fun and they, they are also going up in value pretty quickly. So it's also a very good investment. Yeah. Now you, you've hunted here in the States and of course, obviously in, uh, in England as well. Uh, yeah. I, have you found a difference in flavor in the in the game between the two continents? Well, I'll tell you, yes, I have. And, and I don't think, for example, that whitetail is all that different to my native fallow deer. But what is remarkable in, in America, because it's so big, and whitetail exists from Mexico, where I've hunted them in the desert, all the way up to, you know, northern Canada, is the difference in flavor in the U.S. depending on where they are in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's really noticeable because then it just goes to prove that animals are what they eat. We are what we eat, you know. So really, it, it's fascinating. I, I preferred the flavor of the uh, the black-tailed deer from Oregon. Tasted incredibly similar to my fallow deer, and it was feeding on, you know, rolling hills with grass and agriculture and grapes and stuff like that, whereas the, the ones in the desert have a more, 
slightly sagier flavor because they're eating sagebrush and harder stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there, Mike. We've been talking with Mike Robinson. He's the host of Wild Game Masterclass with Mike Robinson on uh, Outdoor Channels, Mondays at 730. Now, the thing is, Mondays he says at seven. That too. Yeah. Anyhow, they, they say that you are what you eat. With Mike, you are what you drive. He's a tank. I <laughs> <laughs> call him Tank Robinson. This has been brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. Again, Mr. Mike, everything you have going on, wild game masterclass, farming the wild, uh, how people can buy meat from you, learn about your restaurants, where can we find you online? Instagram is Game Meat Mike. I'm Mike Robinson, chef on Facebook. And then farmingthewild.com is our website. And you can find us on Farming the Wild on Instagram and Facebook as well. You bet. Hey, stick around because we've got Matt Drury coming up. He's the host of Winchester and Drury's Natural Born. Yeah, Sportsman Channel Sundays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Mike, God bless you. We love you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. My pleasure, guys. You're on The Revolution with Jim and Trev. Half not what America will do for you. The voice. But what together we can do. Of America. For the freedom of man. Stick around. The Revolution will continue right after these important messages. The firearms that made history. From classic to cutting edge. It's this amazing concept of a technology. We've moved on to guns that fire 6,000 rounds a minute. Get an inside look at the weapons that changed the world with host Joe Montaigne. Go ahead, make my day. Gun Stories, all new, Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. We're back. The revolution with Jim and Trav is going all out. Now, here's another two-parter with Matt Drury, co-host of Winchester and Drury's Natural Born, Sundays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Sportsman Channel. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. Hey, we're back. We're talking going all out on this week's show. And uh, before the break, we had Matt Mike Robinson on. He's the host of Well Game Masterclass with Mike Robinson. Cheerio! Who else would it be? Then at least speak English English. <laughs> Guy can make a mean bowl of soup. All right, so Matt Drury, he is the co-host Winchester and a Drury's Natural Born on Sportsman Channel Sundays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You know what? Do you guys have... Uh, your 100% Wild podcast on your DeerCast app? We do, yeah. How's it going, guys? How are you today? Oh, doing pretty good. Sorry, I should have said, how are you doing today, Matt? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, the podcast is uh, it is over there on, on DeerCast, and uh, we also have it over on YouTube. But, of course, anywhere you, you download a podcast these days, which is about a billion places. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's doing pretty good. We're shooting for our 300th episode this year. If we, oh. if we time it just right, we'll hit it by the end of the, the, uh, the year here. So we got a lot of episodes in front of us. Yeah, that is amazing. Uh, so one thing I want to get into, which I, you know, listen to you guys all the time and watch you. I was shocked when I found out that up until this past season, you had never hunted in Kansas before. 
That's crazy. Th- that's right. Yeah, I, I've filmed in Kansas a couple times back in the day. Mark and Terry used to hunt there quite a bit, and, and I would film them when I first uh, graduated college and, and started working for them. But uh, I had never hunted there, so I got a uh, invite from uh, my sister lives there in Kansas in Olathe, and uh, a friend of hers invited me out to hunt a piece of property they had, and, and I decided to take them up on it. It was a it was a very unique experience. It was you know I decided to do an early season muzzleloader tag, and uh, man, it was warm, but uh, they got some giants out there, that's for sure. Oh you yeah. Bet. Well, you know the thing is uh, about Kansas, or actually about your last season. You were pretty doggone successful. I, we squeaked it out. It was, uh, it's, you know, I, I kept saying all year I was having a tough year. I was hunting a new, a new lease and uh, here in Missouri, and it was just kind of, I was just struggling to see anything in, in daylight. It was very nocturnal on this piece of property, and there was a lot of intrusion in the past there. And and uh, a new landowner bought it, and, and I was leasing it for the first time ever. And so uh, it, it was just a tough season. But and all told, I still killed. You know, three great uh, whitetails and and plenty of meat for the freezer. And uh, hard to say you had a tough year when you when you, when you kill anything, but it yeah. just felt <laughs> tough because it didn't see much and 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 daylight activity. That that was the tough part about it. Yeah, as Jimbo would say, you know, out here in Kansas, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a Milo field. But this <laughs> that's, was this, that's right. uh, this was also your your first time hunting Milo fields, right? Yeah, out in Kansas, it was, and it was interesting because the the, the guy we were hunting with. It's a much different style, and, and for TV, you know, we're trying to get you know the, the deer close and get great footage. And yeah, I think the style that they're the people I was hunting with were accustomed to is you spot them. They had they had uh, access to a lot of of ground, and so they'd spot them from the roads, and then you put a spot stalk on them, which you know it, it, you know they they'd use the Milo to their advantage in a lot of ways, and that was a much different. Uh, tactic for me, uh, you know, and one that we not really are accustomed to. And so it was interesting to, you know, learn more ways to to be efficient at hunting and and, uh, see how other people do it. Yeah. Now, from there, you kind of went, you know, skip a little time. You went to Missouri. You took a a tremendous buck with the new Winchester 6.8 Western. Um, What happened after you took the deer? I've heard, I've never, I don't know the story. I've heard people say some crazy stuff happened. What took place? Well, it, it was I had never seen it before. Neither, neither had Mark or Terry, which tells you something. They've killed <laughs> way more more deer and been in the woods way longer than I have. And yeah. and, uh, and that's not an old man joke either. <laughs> hey, watch <laughs> it. So the, the deer, as soon as I shot him, he he popped out onto a green biologic clover field. And I mean, this thing's a micro plot. It's not even a quarter. It's not even probably a tenth of an acre. It's just a little bitty, little bitty hidey hole. Yeah. And uh, the deer popped out, kind of dog and a doe. And I, I just felt like I wasn't going to get much time. And here too, I was probably 80 yards away in a, in a, in a blind. And uh, so he popped out, and uh, he was getting ready to jump back into the, the timber. And there's an old, you know, cattle fence there. And uh, so I, I shot him. And he ran into the fence, and his rack got tangled up, and, and wow. he expired right there, tangled into the fence with his with his headgear. It was it was very interesting. No we way. We have cutting away to it on on you know on the uh, on the edit because it was just one of those things where it's interesting to see, but it, it was kind of graphic, and and yeah. I I just never seen something like that happen before. But he he died right there uh, on the fence within seconds. Not six oh. eight from Winchester's absolutely deadly that's pretty wild tell us though you took your first buck with a crossbow what made you go to crossbow 
Well, I had, like I was saying earlier, I've, I was having a tough season on this. So I have two leases. The yeah. one that I shot that year with the gun it was on a lease that I've had for seven and eight years, and we just know the property really well, and we had only hunted there a couple of days. This new lease, I had hunted really all season there, bow, and, you know, the only time I didn't hunt there was during the gun season. Uh, another lease partner was hunting it during that period. But anyways, I, I was just having a tough season. I, I never did all year get anything within bow range. And it was just one of those years where the moon was kind of off. The, the temperatures were really warm and I just could not get within bow range of a shooter of a, of a good, you know, five and a half year old buck or older. I've, you know, had plenty of encounters, just nothing with any age to it. And, uh, so anyways, once the late season hit, my cameraman and, and myself, we both had tags in our pockets for archery still, and uh, he was bringing the crossbow in, and I kept bringing in my vertical bow, and I told him from the get-go, I said, there's some holds, you know, hangs out there past my efficient range, I wouldn't mind trying that crossbow and, and yeah. seeing what it's all about, and I know there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of controversy or mixed feelings around that when you got a perfectly healthy human being, you know, that can shoot a, a vertical bow and yeah. people tend to not like that when they jump onto a crossbow and, and utilize it. But I had never done it before. And, you know, here we were, it was January and, and the season was, I only had a few more days left to hunt. And I finally got an opportunity where a deer came in to 50 yards, a nice buck came in to 50 yards and he just held up and he started exiting stage right. And, uh, so I, p I picked up the crossbow and, and dialed in that HHA and, <laughs> and put, you know, the crosshairs on him and, and shot him. And, you know, it was a, a neat experience. I don't know that I'll do it often, but I, I also don't feel bad about using it. <laughs> Which oh, yeah. I know I'm probably going to get some flack for, but <laughs> it, it was an interesting, uh, it was, it was neat. It was very different shooting that thing. And, and I'm not comparing it to a vertical bow whatsoever, but, I wouldn't compare a vertical bow to a, a modern compound bow to a uh, traditional stick and string either. You know, it's a, but it was legal and uh, I had a good time using it, had a lot of fun. And um, the deer died within a couple hundred yards and yeah. ended my season on a high note. Yeah, I hate how people think that they can, you're wrong because you chose to hunt with a crossbow or they're right because they want to use a long bow or, you know, long distance shooters. They're not true hunters. Like let people recreate and hunt the way that they want to hunt. You know, it, it's really nobody's business. I think that's fantastic. There's always something controversial like Jimbo had brought up uh, the Boone and Crockett yeah. thing. You know, it's like everybody wants to voice their opinion, but is it? really valid i don't know what do you think about the boone and crockett ruling you know i think um but the boone and crockett and pope and young you know those organizations i think they they do a lot of great things for the outdoors and for hunting in general and, yeah and uh great, great organizations but uh, for me personally i i i don't agree with you know that i i also don't you know, we always go with gross scores and that, you know, never really meant much to us. I don't think Mark and Terry ever put any any deer in the record books. You, you, you know, I don't think it, it ever really mattered to us. But yeah. it's one of those things where just because it doesn't matter to us doesn't mean it doesn't doesn't mean a whole lot to a whole lot of other people and, and it, you know, means something to them. So I don't agree with that necessarily, but hey, it's it's their organization and, and I'm sure their members, may, maybe that's what they wanted. Yeah. Well, to kind of bring people up to speed, if you haven't heard, Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young have decided that if you're using trail cams, your animal, if it qualifies, cannot be entered into the record book. 
And I say, who cares? Well, I, you know, I, it's like the whole green score versus when it's, you know, boiled and dried or whatever it is. You know, I'm sorry, don't every man shrinks when it's cold. You know, it's like, <laughs> can it, do we really have to nitpick? You know? <laughs> yeah, every inch counts. <laughs> every, come on, come on. All right, we actually. George Costanza. <laughs> that should be. Right. That could be on the pool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, Matt, will you return for another part, buddy? Absolutely. All right, Matt Jury, he is the co-host, Winchester and Jury's Natural Born on Sportsman Channel, Sundays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. To find you guys online, though, uh, DeerCast, all that good stuff, buddy, uh, where do we have to go? Yeah, so you could m- – most of all of our content is over on DeerCast.com as far as social type of content. And, of course, you know, DeerCast is, is a great tool to help – uh, hunters, whether it's tracking your deer, whether it's you know knowing when to go, uh, great, it's just a great asset out there, a great tool for for anybody. So uh, deercast.com, or go to the App Store and search Deercast. Uh, of course, you can find us on all social media platforms as well at Drury Outdoors and myself at, at Matt Drury eighty one. You bet. Hey, more Matt Drury talking, going all out on this week's show right after this. Come listen to a story about some boys I know. They hunt and fish a lot and have a funny show. They love this great land, happy to be free. Give it up for Trav and Papa Jim B. Don't move. The revolution with Jim and Trav will return right after these important messages. Check this out. He's a lean, mean, swine-shanking machine. That is a uh, rare breed. That's a Himalayan rock pig. Ham it up with Pigman and Pals. Every Sunday night on Sportsman Channel, they'll be bringing home the bacon as they put a serious dent in the world's feral hog population. Now, it is just out of control, man. If it's edible, it's on the menu. Everything we shoot gets processed. That's exactly what's going on. Join the fun. Pigman the Series, Sundays at 8.30 on Sportsman Channel. Sprinkle the best of Western flavors by ordering from High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Today we're going all out. Now let's get back to the boys and Matt Drury, co-host of Winchester and Drury's Natural Born on Sportsman Channel. Sundays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. This is part two. Hey, we are back. We're going all out in this week's show. And before the break, Matt was talking about a great buck that he took in Kansas here, first buck. But uh, now we've got other things we're going to talk to Matt about. It was going back to the 100% Wild podcast. It was interesting and I think refreshing to learn you, Matt, recently just purchased your own chunk of ground there in Missouri. You know, I mean, we've watched for years and all the habitat improvement projects you guys do or where you gave away that awesome farm. You guys are always doing something, but this is like your first endeavor. You and your wife and your kids bought your own property and you're creating your own sanctuary. Is that right? That, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. It's very nerve-wracking. And, and, you know, up to this point, of course, I, I've hunted with Dad at, at his place for most of my life and the last probably seven, eight years I've hunted predominantly on a, a piece of leased uh, ground. 
but I never owned anything on my own and uh, just frankly couldn't afford it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I've, uh, I've saved up and, and scrimped and saved up enough to be able to afford the down payment and uh, bought 102 acres Ooh. in uh, pretty much mid-Missouri. And uh, it's, it's exciting. It's got, you know, probably 60 acres of, of timber and 40 acres of tillable on it and got a beautiful pond. It's got a little really nice shop, you know, that, that's on it. So it was exciting and it's something that, you know, it, it, it needs a little work. It, it needs, uh, I don't know that there's going to be anything on it that I'll actually be able to hunt or kill this year or this coming fall. Yeah. Needs, needs a little time to get some age underneath it, but it's got a lot of potential and uh, it's really exciting to put the you know the work in because we we've been doing the work at the at these leases but it's just different you don't have the control uh, that you'd like you know to do exactly what you want to do with with a piece of property that you don't own so um, finally made the leap and you know I was I was mulling it back and forth and and I asked Dad what he what he thought and he said you know I was worried about the finance side of it and he said you know what you're never going to be able to afford it probably you're never it's never going to be comfortable yeah you've got to make the leap and uh, yeah. once you do he's like you'll figure it out you know and so of course that you know you don't want to do something foolish and totally get out of your i wasn't going to be able to buy 500 acres you, yeah, you know or yeah. or 200 but but I, I could figure it out for this hundred so uh that's where we're starting and uh we're excited to see what we can do with it now you know it's funny kind of correlating boone and crockett pope and young with your the land you purchased you know to some hunters 102 acres would not be that amazing. But to you, that's a Boone and Crockett piece of property. Oh, yeah. And to some guys, 102 acres is just it seems unachievable, unattainable. Like they won't be able to do it. Um, now, and another thing I want to point out is that people watch you guys. OK, and they think, oh, you know, Matt's got all this land or, you know, Terry Jury, you know, you're you you're turned dad. English. Yeah, I did. That was pretty cool. I think it's because of Mike Robinson. Um, no, just because you guys travel and you do everything, that doesn't mean you have all these assets. You're just like every other guy out there that goes to work, has a lease, hunts public land. I mean, you're in the same boat as everyone else. Just because you're featured on television, that doesn't mean the scenario changes, does it? No, I mean, it, you know, and, and Mark and Terry, I think what gets lost because of where they're at today is where they started. I mean, they yeah. were hunting Rapid Lake in Iowa for a long time on public ground. They were hunting at, you know, they belong to a place called the 40 Acre Club in our hometown of Bloomsdale, Missouri. It has 400 people in it. You know, you know I mean, like these, <laughs> that's their beginning. They were killing those, you know, 100-inch deer you know, 95 inch deer. I mean, those were, those were deer that would go on the cover of our VHS tapes back then. So, yeah. I mean, it's, everybody starts somewhere and, um, you know, and I, I think that gets lost a little bit because of, of where they're at today and, and the scale that they do it and, and this kind of the success rate that they do it, you know, they make it look easy and it isn't. And we, we talk about that internally, like myself and, you know, some of the guys that work here for us, it's like, man, they make it look so easy because we're on a text chain together. And, uh, because of course, we're on the outdoor channel show 13. So mm -hmm. we text, you know, each night we text our updates and my updates are always like, we saw one deer or we got skunked or we got, you know, it's just those really <laughs> bad updates and their updates are, we saw 10, we saw five or weight killed or Terry killed or Forrester, you know, they, they, they're very efficient and it's not by accident. And I don't care what anybody says. It's not because they got them tied up to a tree. It's because they become very efficient at understanding why a whitetail does what they do. Yeah. We've been talking with Matt Drury and his Winchester 6.8.
Western. And uh, I got to tell you, great talking with you again, Matt. I always love jumping on with you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, Winchester and Jury's Natural Born on Sportsman Channel. That is Sundays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Now, from Jury's 13 to Natural Born to all of your shows, they, we can find them on uh, My Outdoor TV as well as the DeerCast app, right? That's right. You can find 13, Critical Mass, uh, Bow Madness, of course, old episodes of Dream Season, Biologics uh, and Jury's Wildlife Obsession, all that streaming uh, over on MOTV. And, of course, our new uh, new shows will start airing on Outdoor Channel come third quarter. So yeah. Critical Mass, Bow Madness, and 13. So we're looking forward to it. Had a, had a great season as far as the team's concerned and a lot of good uh, good footage to share. That's right. All right, coming up next is who, Jimbo? Hey, we got Scott Newby. He is the ATV and side-by-side senior communications specialist at Old Yamaha. That's right, talking about the turkey pass smash. All right, Mr. Matt, you're so awesome. God bless you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Like the outdoors? Like shooting guns? Like trucks? Like barbecue? Like wearing camouflaged underwear just for fun? We totally understand. Stay tuned. More Revolution with Jim and Trav coming up next. It's time to reimagine the off-road experience because Yamaha has reimagined the side-by-side. Available in either two- or four-seat models, the Wolverine R-Max 1000 lineup sets a new benchmark in the off-road world. Featuring a 999cc parallel twin engine, aggressive tires, and an automotive-style cabin. And select models include high-performance Fox IQS in-cab adjustable suspension, all-new D-Mode to optimize power delivery, an integrated Yamaha Adventure Pro navigation system, and much more. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to learn more about the Wolverine R-Max 1000. It's time to get out there and realize your adventure with Yamaha. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We're going all out. Now, please welcome Mr. Scott Newby, the ATV and side-by-side senior communications specialist for Yamaha Motor Corporation. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we are back. We are talking going all out on this week's show. And uh, before the break, we had Matt Drury on. And this guy, I mean, he had a great, great fall hunting in Missouri and Kansas. And Matt has a wonderful beard, but it is not as good as Scott Newby's. Oh. He's the Newbinator. He's also the ATV and side-by-side senior communications specialist for Yamaha Motor Corporation. And he's always four-wheeling and off-roading. Mr. Scott, how's it going, buddy? Doing wonderful, gentlemen. Thank you, as always. Good to be talking to you guys again. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited because I'm even going to be driving a couple of RMAX 1000s here in a couple days. So no complaints. Yeah. Now you got to tell me, I've been following you for a couple years and there at Yamaha, you guys have an awesome tournament. I will call it the Yamaha Turkey Bass Smash. You got paired and I, you know, like total win. (laughs) You got (laughs) paired with Wade Middleton. Like what kind of strings did you have to pull for that one? (laughs) Oh, I mean, so I know everyone knows the Yamaha Turkey Bass Smash because it's a very prestigious competition that's known (laughs) 
throughout the world. Oh, yeah. Everyone tries to not only compete in it, but, you know, there's only a few teams that can make it. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so my partner the last couple of years here has been Wade. And it's funny because everyone thinks, like, oh, you're getting Wade at the shoe and for the win and everything. But these last two years, especially the last year, it literally came down to, I mean, we won it by a hair, but it came down to the final few seconds on our fishing day. So it's a, it's very cool. We have a, a one day turkey hunt followed by a one day fishing tournament. And we bring in like a lot of, uh, great pro anglers that we have as long as with, or as well as with a couple of different, uh, I mean, last time we had a couple of racers out. We just try to mix it up with, uh, someone that can partner up with them. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's all based upon points accumulation for how much your bird weighs. Um, you know, the beer length of it, the spur length of them, and you kind of add all those things up. But there's also penalty points you get to where if you miss a bird, then that gets penalized. If you wound a bird, obviously that gets penalties to it as well and all sorts of different things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at, at the end, whoever the winner is, and I will say that the last two years have been weighed and I, but you get to hold up this <laughs> glorious trophy that, uh, that has a, Wonderful bass coming out of the middle of it, as well as this goofy-looking turkey, <laughs> and you get to parade around camp and uh, and you know you get full bragging rights for the year. Yeah. yeah. Now, where where do you uh, have this competition uh, held at? So it's all at the campus, basically between Bracketville and Uvalde, Texas, and oh, okay. we'll do the turkey hunting out there where our camp's set up at, and then the um, the fishing portion of it's on Lake Amstead. Now, do you guys just hit it running, or do you do some, like, scouting and pre-fishing before the tournament begins? Well, it's kind of funny that you ask that, because when we first started this deal a few years ago, everyone was just like, oh, yeah, we'll show up, no big deal, it's all good. But now that we've come into it, and, and everyone that attends is insanely competitive. Yeah. And so when they see the fact that they're not winning, Next year, they come into it with trying to get any sort of edge that they can. So now guys are kind of pre-gaming things and, and you know, trying to find those honey holes out at Lake Amstead. But even those that don't know anything about the area will go over every single little nuance of it, where we think that, you know, things can go based upon what's been going on, looking at trail camps. We give them the best insights that we possibly can. And obviously, you know, we want to make sure we use the, the Garmin in-reach devices so that, Everyone can communicate because sometimes things can be spotty out there. But, I mean, it, it, it's – yeah, everyone tries to get that edge now to where they can win it and then just be able to say that they have won the Yamaha Turkey Bass match. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there, Scott. And, well, i tell you what, I, I wish you and, and Wade a lot for this next Yamaha Turkey Smash. Turkey Bass Smash. They, they're going to win the Turducken of Trophies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online, check them out, yamahamotorsports.com. Now, when it comes to the, the Turkey Bass Smash, are you guys going to be posting on socials, all that good stuff, buddy? Yeah, definitely stick to Yamaha Outdoors, even Wade channels on the Yamaha Whitetail Diaries. And, and I hope that by March 25th, you're going to see us once again holding that trophy up for a three-peat. <laughs> Ooh, sounds like a winner. That's right. We got to get to a break. We'll return right after this. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. This is Revolution listener Timmy. Hi, I'm Timmy. Timmy loves the outdoors. I love the outdoors. And Tommy Bahama Leisure Wear. <laughs> Yummy. Be like Timmy and listen to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Stick around. The boys will continue right after these messages. I'm Al Simon, 91 years young. I created Balance 7 20 years ago. 
At 67, I went to see the doctor for the first time in my life and found I, that I had medical problems. He told me that it was normal for my age. I don't believe God intended us to be sick and old. I decided to find something to bring my health back. For 10 years, I studied pH and how important it is to the human system. Balance 7 gave me back what I lost by getting older. I no longer get out of bed with a joint discomfort. Balance 7 can do for you what it has done for me and many others. In three days' time, you'll feel more energy, less joint discomfort, and clarity of thinking. No doctor or hospital can do what Balance 7 can do for you. Balance 7 is the key to unlocking the healthy immune system. Bring your body back to balance. Order now. Receive free shipping with the code word AL. Go to balance7.com. That's balance7.com. Order now and get your free shipping and a free gift with your order. Go to balance7.com. Use the code word L. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak. I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. Look, I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the Great show, everyone. We just got to get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week. Talking about going all out on this week's show. And we did go all out. I mean, all the way to Great Britain to talk with Mike Robinson. Yeah, Mike Robinson was on the show. Such an interesting, cool guy. Wonderful outdoorsman and chef. Plus, Matt Drury. Love that guy. Yeah, he's a Missouri kind of guy. He's from the Show Me State is where he's from. <laughs> uh, then we wrap things up with Scott Newby. So cool. And uh, wish him the best of luck on the up-and-coming March Yamaha Turkey Bash Smash. I hope he takes it three years in a row. I do, too. All right, so last word, big guy. Hey, last word is get out there and scout, not only for sheds, but uh, where you're going to turkey hunt because that's not that far away. And always hammer home firearm safety. It is imperative, boys and girls. All right, we love you so much. Thank you for listening. Make sure you hop on JimmyTrav.com. Peruse all the amazing content we have, and we will return next week. Peace out. God bless you. United States of America. Love you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.